It's great to be here with you this morning. As always, whether you're here in the worship center, over in the chapel, or watching online, it is just great to be able to gather and, and celebrate our Lord and Savior together this morning. I got a couple of things before we jump into the message just to share with you. First of all, if you were online or over in the chapel, you didn't get to see Elijah dance. And trust me, you got the benefit of that moment. For those of you who clapped, please do not encourage it. Uh, I, I'm asking as a personal favor. That, that is a little, okay, I'll move on. The second thing is I do want to give a little infomercial, okay, for the Harvest Conference that's coming up in a couple, few weeks here. Um, I want to give you a money-back guarantee. Uh, if you do not enjoy the harvest, we'll give you every penny you have to spend to come to it. And by the way, it's free. Uh, so uh, so uh, money shouldn't stop you. It is a conference we're going to be looking specifically this year of how to share our, our faith um, with our friends, family, coworkers, schoolworkers. Now, if you're like me, I still need some growth in that. So I'm going to be there. If you're an expert at it, don't come. You don't need to be there. But for, for, for anyone who's in my camp and would like to grow and just sort of sharing our faith with those around us, um, sharing the hope of Christ. Uh, it, it's there for you. Uh, the barbecue is free too, so uh, come on out. And like I would always say, there's good barbecue, then there's barbecue, and it's always better to have barbecue than no barbecue. And so uh, come on out and be a part of it. Uh, sign up for the harvest, um, and we'll have a great time there. This is the, the last message in this series. Uh, we've called his name, and personally, uh, I've gotten a ton out of it. Uh, whether I was preparing for the messages or listening to some of the other people on the preaching team, um, it has allowed me to, to really uh, understand uh, God more, uh, to grow in uh, intimacy with him. And that, that's really the purpose of why he gives us these names. We've just looked at seven of the names, of the 32 names of God in the Old Testament. And so I hope that through this series that you've, uh, maybe it's whet your appetite to, uh, to go a little deeper and look at some of the other names of God. We're going to look at the eighth this morning. Uh, we're going to look at God as our shepherd. Uh, Jehovah Rohi. I even like saying that one, Jehovah Rohi. Uh, God is our shepherd. And, and, and it's, it's a name of such profound hope. Anyone need hope this morning? It, it's a sound of just profound hope. Uh, the word is uh, the title. And I, I love what the 19th century preacher Charles Spurgeon declared. He said, we have all things in abound, not because I have a good store of money in the bank, nor because I have skill and wit with which to win my bread, but because the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. When, when, when Spurgeon was talking about Psalm 23 at one point, he, he mentions that, that it's the pearl of the Psalms. And it's Psalm 23, this pearl of the Psalms. Isn't that beautiful, by the way? I'd love to say something like that someday and have it be original with me. The pearl of the Psalms. Uh, the, it's Psalm 23 that really we get this most vivid picture of God being our shepherd, Jehovah Rohi. Uh, Psalm 23, one starts with, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, Jehovah Rohi. Now let's be honest. In our modern lives, most of us live distant uh, from the actual shepherds. Uh, and by the way, they still exist today. At least that's what they tell me. They certainly do. But, uh, but a vast majority of us don't have hands and on knowledge of where the food we eat really comes from and where the fabrics that make our clothes come from. And so we're going to look a little bit at the historical context because when we look at scripture, context is what? You remember? King. Context is king. It's king when we look at it within the context of where it's written in scripture, but there's a historical context, which is also important. And so I want to dive into that a little bit because God's place is the scripture himself as shepherd for a purpose. Uh, he wants us to know him more fully and more intimately. And so when we look at this word shepherd, first of all, this word rohi, 
Uh, where's it, what's it derived from? I find this really interesting. But the word rohai is derived from the word meaning to feed. To feed. And over time, it became characteristic of an individual who would shepherd. In the Jewish culture, this is these shepherds who were so important to their culture. Shepherds who fed and, and who would, who would uh, t- tend for the flock. And so there's this picture God wants us to have. What is a shepherd? It's someone who, who feeds the flock. It's someone who takes care of the flock. In fact, a shepherd cares and watches over the flock. And, and that's what God wants us to understand. Culturally, they, they got what a shepherd did. For some of us, maybe we just need to sort of pause for a minute and think about that. The care. The presence. That a shepherd has for their sheep. And God says, this is who I am. I'm Jehovah Rohi. I'm the Lord, your shepherd. And then we look at Psalm 23. We understand it's a shepherd's psalm. In fact, it's another name for it. Oh, it's a shepherd's psalm. Well, in biblical times, the shepherds were involved in every aspect of the sheep's life. I mean, they did about everything. Sheep were not just part of their livelihood. They were part of their way of life. Everything a sheep needed, the shepherd provided. And they would spend months upon months in the field with their sheep. They would fight off predators. They would, they would care for their well-being in so many ways. And, and, and as a result, due to the shepherd's care, many sheep got to know and trust their shepherds, trusting with every aspect of their life. And so they understood this. For me, I had to look into it. I had to read about it. But, but shepherds got so intimately involved in the lives of the sheep, the sheep would begin to really trust their shepherd. They would know their shepherd's voice and follow their shepherd. If danger came, guess who they flocked to? The shepherd. They would go around the shepherd expecting the shepherd to protect them because he had time and time and time again. And this is the beautiful picture that God presents to us of himself. This is the kind of relationship God wants to have with us. David, by the way, the author of the psalm before he was a king was a shepherd. The shepherd's psalm. And so the most famous reference, as I said, to Jehovah Rohi is, is, is Psalm 23. And David starts again with, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, I want to say this, that even though this psalm is often used in funeral services, how many of you heard Psalm 23 at a funeral service? David's intent was so it's broader. That when he wrote this psalm, he wasn't, I don't think at all, thinking about a funeral service. I think he was thinking about our daily living. We're going to unpack that a little bit. He, was, he wasn't saying that God is just your shepherd passing on to the hereafter, you know? He was saying, no, no, God is your shepherd today in the here and now, no matter what circumstance you're going through. And so with that much more said, let's just jump in. Let's look at Psalm 23. It's a short psalm, so let me read it for us this morning. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leaves me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23. God is our shepherd. But what's that mean to us as we're sitting here in 2023 that God is our shepherd? Well, let me pull out a few principles from the psalm. First off, God makes us lie down in green pastures where we can rest peacefully with all the provisions we need. 
Let me say it again. God makes us lie down in green pastures where we can rest peacefully with all the provisions we need. Now, many times when we think of the word provision and God providing for us, we think of things which are important, but I would argue not of most importance. Certainly important. How many of you think food is important? Come on now, because the longer I preach getting closer to lunch, I know you're going to be saying food's important. So, How many of you think how many, food's important? Shelter? Clothing? All those things are important. But it may surprise you that many times when you look in Scripture, yeah, God talks about providing those things, but in this passage in particular, this, this psalm, he's speaking much deeper. He's talking about spiritual nourishment. So you can have all the things that this world has to offer you and still be spiritually deplete. You, you can have all the things that many people spend their whole life searching after and in the end be empty. And so what the psalmist writes about is Jehovah Rohi, the Lord our shepherd, who gives us everything we need, including spiritual nourishment. And deep down when you think about who we are, we're so much more than what we have. So much more than what we do. Guys, let's, let's, let's help the ladies out here. When guys meet each other, one of the first questions they ask is, what do you do for a living? And guys, almost always, right? Hey, by the way, what do you do for a living? And, and you know what the reality is? You are more than what you do for a living. You're more than what you don't do for a living. You are a spiritual person who God created to spend eternity with him. And the stuff of this world can, can feed, the, can feed your, your bank account. And I'm not speaking against getting money. I like it. Like you've heard me say before, I like my truck and I like having gas in it to drive here in the morning. But at the end of the day, what none of the stuff of this earth can give me is a filled soul. A real purpose to live. A real understanding of who I really am. That God knows and no one else really does. He says, I let you lie down. I lead you to lie down in green pastures where I'm going to nourish your spirit. Secondly, God leads us beside still waters where we can quench our thirst without fear of being swept away. Still waters. He didn't just say any old water. It's still waters. They're safe waters. And he leads us there for spiritual restoration. See, not only does he nourish our spirit, but he, but he restores us. He allows us to, to be refreshed. He allows us to live in safety and peace in him. And that's powerful. You know, peace comes really from forgiveness, doesn't it? When we understand that we're forgiven by God, there's a peace that surrounds us. Now catch this. When we learn the biblical principle, this, this God-empowered principle of forgiving others, peace fills our life. Resentment, who does it hurt? Come on, talk to me this morning. Me. Person I'm maybe resenting may not even know I resent them. By the way, most of the people we resent aren't really nice people or haven't treated us nice, so they probably don't even care. Well, I don't like you. I don't care. You know, I mean, right? I'm not going to forgive you. I wasn't asking for it. And so resentment, who does it hurt? Me. And so the Lord says, forgive, forgive, learn freedom. So not only do we receive peace when we're forgiven by God, we receive peace when we forgive others. Does that mean we forget? Does that mean we allow ourselves to be in hurtful situations? I'm not saying that. But you can forgive and move on. 
Now, by the way, is it easy? No. If it was, we would all just do it. It takes the Spirit of God leading us and guiding us and people supporting us and walking through the grief and all the things, anger, all that, to get there. But can I tell you what? That journey's worth it, church. It's worth it. The psalmist says that as a shepherd, he leads us to the still waters so we can find peace. So not only is our spirit nourished, but we find our soul just, just being able to be, to be uh, strengthened under his power. Thirdly, God restores our souls, meaning he meets our needs, including our emotional needs. I want to go back to stuff. I mean, I've been in places in my life where I needed stuff more than I need now. Like sometimes I have too much stuff. Like when you have to clean your closet, like I did my wife yesterday because I have too many shirts and I'm not wearing certain, that's too much stuff, right? Come on. Am I the only one that has too much stuff? But when you think about really the greatest need, then it isn't stuff for many of us. And for some, it could be. Like you're sitting here saying, look, I can't even see past the fact that I do need something. But if you can see, our greatest need is emotional stability and health. As a matter of fact, if I can just be really honest, and I'm going to be anyway, but if I can be, uh, I, let, me, let me just share this with you. When I look at my culture that I live in, which is the same one you live in, by the way, our culture, you know where the greatest need is? Emotional health. Emotional health. I'm going to get political here for a moment. So just prepare yourself. Hold yourself down. Political people can get crazy. You know? And and I'm not, please, as your pastor, I'm not saying this mean. I'm just trying to be loving to you. If everything triggers you, there's a problem. If everything triggers you, there's a problem. And you know what? Before you start getting judgmental, you're one of those. We all are. How do I know it? Because one of the promises of the psalm is he becomes our constant. God does. You say his world's getting crazy. I hate to tell you, it's been there for a long time. Like the first couple. No, no, seriously, you know the scripture, right? Come on. Don't make me go all the way through from Genesis to Revelation. You're not even getting to supper. First couple, marriage problems. Right? The first man, not very manly. What happened, Adam? She made me do it. There's a guy. Way to go, leader. Woo! Their kids, first murder. How many generations did it take for us to, to hate each other enough to kill each other? So the use of the world's mouth is going crazy. It's crazy. Have you been out there? It's messy. God says, let me be your constant. Focus on me. When you're feeling triggered, focus on me. When you're getting off course, focus on me. When your emotions are going over, focus on me. By the way, whatever it is that's triggering you, if you don't have to talk about it, stop. Get away from it for a while. Take your phone and put it away when you get home for a little bit. At least leave it somewhere where you're going to the bathroom, for goodness sakes. For a lot of reasons. 
But God says, I'll, I'll, I'll restore your soul. I'll give you a spiritual wellness if you just trust in me and focus on me and let me be your constant. God leads us in paths of righteousness to help us become more and more the people he's trusted us to be in him. He leads us in paths of righteousness. Lean not on your own understanding and always acknowledge God and he'll make your paths straight. It's foolish, isn't it? And, and I've been there. And maybe you have it. Maybe I'm the only one in here. But, 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 but it's foolish for me at times to think I can do things my own way and still be blessed. Like I can live contrary to God's word. God says, here's the path. Here's the way to wholeness. This is the way I want to bless you. And me go, why well, want a different path? Why aren't you blessing me? I'm in a relationship I shouldn't be in. Why aren't you blessing it? I'm acting like I shouldn't act at work or school. Why aren't you blessing it? Oh, it's getting quiet in here. Why is it we think we can talk to the creator of the universe and say, no, do it my way and bless me? And he says, no, 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 do it my way and let me bless you. And by the way, when we speak of blessings, we often think of ease, don't we? Why don't you bless me? Why isn't this relationship easy? Why isn't this situation? The word never promises an easy life this side of paradise. That's why paradise is called paradise. But he promises to give us not just enough to flourish, to endure, but enough to flourish in the midst of the crazy things we find ourselves in if we walk down his path. But isn't it good news? He doesn't say, hey, find a shepherd. Like just find somebody, any old somebody and, and go there. He is the shepherd. He is the shepherd. Trust in him. I've had people say, I've been to a church and that church hurt me. And by the way, let me say, I feel bad if that happened. I'm sorry for that. But God does not hurt you. People will. Should you be able to trust everyone? Sure. That's called paradise. I don't live there. I live in a very messy place, and sometimes I'm the mess. And if you don't think you're messy, you're more messy than I am. Should we pursue in Christ-likeness? Come on, church. Should we pursue in Christ-likeness? Yes, we should be pursuing Christ-likeness. But I'm not Christ and you're not. He is. Let him be your shepherd. Let him be your shepherd. If you can't find a place where you feel they're pointing to him instead of them, find a place where they are. I hope this is the place where you can see that, if nothing else. He says he leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I got to camp there for a minute. Because when I really began to understand this, it was like one of those moments in my life. Do you know the only person who can do something for his glory and bless others is God? He's the only one. Any of the rest of us, if I get up this morning and say, you know, I'm going to live for my glory. How many of you think the people around me are going to be blessed? What if I say, you know what? I'm going to live for my glory in my marriage today. How many of you think that's going to go well for me? <laughs> the guys are like, you know what I'm talking about, right? No person on planet Earth who's ever lived, ever going to live, can live for their glory and expect to be a blessing to other people or really to be blessed. But God says, I can do things for my glory, God's glory, and guess what? It blesses everyone because God is that good. God so loved the world that he sent his son. For his glory, he sent the son. A lot of times we focus on the fact that Jesus died on the cross to die for our sins because he loves us so much. And by the way, that's absolutely true. But you know why else he did it? For God's glory. 
God's glory led Jesus to the cross so we can be saved and live blessed lives. And he says, if you follow after the example of your master, Jesus, you'll learn the privilege of serving so others can be blessed because you're doing it for his glory. I think that's good stuff. I don't know. I mean, it's not always easy to do, but that is good stuff. Lastly, we don't have to fear any evil because he is with us. He comforts us. He provides victory for us. See, maybe you, maybe you found yourself in the valley of deep darkness, the shadow of death. And I talked about the fact that this psalm isn't just a death psalm, it's a, it's a life psalm. And why did I say that? Because really when we think about it as believers, the worst thing for us is not death. Like we act like it is. We hold so tightly to this life in which we live here, but if we truly understood, we wouldn't hold as tightly as we do because paradise is better than this. Don't you think it's weird that everyone craves paradise but doesn't really want to get there? What's Paul say when they want to kill him? He says, do it. To be separated from this body is to be in Christ's presence. It's real life. I heard a story of a pastor who came from not the western part of our world, but another part of the world that was deeply in need of everything. And he came, and as he was visiting his pastor friend who was here in the States, he said, why is it you don't talk about heaven so much here? He said, we talk about heaven all the time where I pastor. And as they began to have the conversation, he began to realize, because we don't really have it so bad here compared to others. Now, don't get me wrong. There are people in need in our culture. And there's no reason why our country should have any poverty. But the world outside the West craves the poverty we even have. We have brothers and sisters in Christ when they headed to church this morning, weren't sure they were going to be living after that. Simply because they were worshiping God. Their life was in danger. And when they get to church, guess what they sing about? Lord Jesus, come. Not just about come and bring peace to this land. Just come and take me home. And when David's writing this psalm, he's talking about circumstances where that's your prayer too. Ever been there? Anyone ever had food poisoning? Now, by the way, if you go, I think I did, you didn't have food poisoning. Because if you've ever legitimately had food poisoning... There's a point in the midst of that where you literally prayed the prayer. I've had it twice where I prayed to God, Lord, heal me or take me home now. Like any parents out there, one of your greatest fears is that you leave your children before they're old enough to take care of themselves. Isn't that true? I didn't fear that. I was in so much pain. I said, God, you can take care of them. Take me home or heal me. Some of us have been through emotional situations like that. Relational situations like that. Maybe you're going through a season right now like that. Lord, this is a good time to take me or come home. Take me home. David writes, even through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. You cover me. You protect me. I heard this statement, I love it. The closer we get to the shepherd, the safer we are from the wolves. In those moments where in the shadow of death, come to the shepherd. Do you need to come to the shepherd this morning? Come to the shepherd. Let him care for you. Let him protect you. 
Let him provide for you. I mean, God is tender and mighty. We see it in this psalm. He's tender and mighty and never depleting amounts. We can all go to him and he still has more than enough. When we boil it all down, God as our shepherd is able to fend off for all attacks and, and to nurture and to love us. Jesus, New Testament now, he refers to himself as shepherd, but not just any old shepherd. John 10, 11 through 16, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He was a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. Then the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Jesus says, but I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I bring them also that they may listen to my voice. So there is one flock and one shepherd. Jesus is the what? The good shepherd. He's not like the hired hand. When difficult times come, he's not running away. And he's, of course, talking culturally there where if there's a whole pack of wolves coming, not only are you not protecting the sheep, you're thankful the sheep is between you and them. Wolves, you get them, I'm out of here. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. I'm the good shepherd. For God's glory, he came to seek and save the lost. For God's glory, he didn't just tell us he loved us. He died on the cross for our sins, resurrected for our salvation. When people say, how can you put your trust in Jesus? How could I not? No one's ever done that for me. No one ever could. The God who didn't have to do anything did everything. For me, who couldn't do anything to cover my sin and my lostness. I hear people say, if God is such a good shepherd, then why why would he send people to hell? Here's the reality. God doesn't send people to hell. We're all heading there. He sent Jesus so we don't have to go. Come on, church. That's who he is. That's who he is. He's the good shepherd. We say, oh, he's all a bad shepherd. Yeah, he's the good one. I ask you this morning, do you need to come to the shepherd? Jesus declares his love, concern, his care. His calling us to the forever family, to twofolds, Jews, Gentiles, one people in the Lord. And here's the point. Every word of Psalm 23 reaches its fullest depth of meaning in the Christian peace and trust we find in Jesus Christ, the good shepherd. The fulfillment of everything that's promised in Psalm 23 is found in Jesus, our Lord and Savior. I ask you this morning, do you need to come to the good shepherd? From start to finish, the Lord hears us, he sees us, he's present, willing to care for us. He's Jehovah Rohi, the shepherd, the, the great shepherd. And, and God, as our shepherd, is able to fend off all attacks and, and nurture and, and love us. That's what Psalm 23 is all about. Coming to Jesus. Allowing him to, to meet us where we're at. To grow in him to live in him. Here's what I realize. The more I walk on this earth, there are so few things I can control. And and here's the other thing. Knowing that I was preaching this message, can I just be honest? Changed the way I prayed this past week. 
Because I knew what I was preaching on. I knew I was going to stand before you. I wanted to be honest to what I was saying and the journey I'm on with you. And, and so I began to pray as I pray. But I was praying. I have two grandkids on the way. So yeah, you're getting tired to hear about the first two. Two more, four, going to be amazing. And, and, and you're coming. And, and one's due, like, really, any time now, like next month. Wow, one in March. And you know what I didn't pray? God, give me the strength to help them in their pregnancy. I mean, I didn't. I, 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 I'm not going to be there when they delivered. They wouldn't want me there when I delivered. I would pass out if I was there when I delivered. When I had to be there for my own kids, I had dads who were like, oh, it's such a blessing to be there. I'm like, man, I want to go old school. Why am I here? I don't know what to do. This is freaking me out. All the women are like, you're a jerk. Yes, I am. <laughs> didn't want to be in there. But you know what I prayed this week? God, you're capable of helping them. You know my grandkids way before they were even conceived. As they're being woven in my, my daughter and my daughter-in-law's womb, you are their God. Be their shepherd. Be with them. I got a friend going through an unbelievable situation physically, and I get updates, and, and, and I have nothing I can do. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not a doctor. I, I don't have any. I mean, I can encourage them, but I have no ability to really nourish his soul. I mean, I can encourage them, but, but man, nourishing this, that's big work, and, but God has the power. And so as I was praying over my friend John, I said, Lord, would you just, man, be the good shepherd in his life? And would he look to you, his constant? John loves the Lord, but his situation right now is the valley of the shadow of death. Be his shepherd, God. Not to prolong it, but I have another friend who's in a relationship situation. It's a tough one. I don't have all the answers. Guess who does? God, be the good shepherd. Be the good shepherd. See, knowing God is a good shepherd changes the way I ask for things for people. Changes the way I relate to them. Changes the way I operate in this crazy world. Christ is the good shepherd. He knows his sheep. He cares. He protects. He guides. He heals. He saves. Christ is the good shepherd. He cares, he protects, he guides, he heals, he saves. And I ask you this morning, do you need to come to the good shepherd? Have you received Christ as Lord and Savior? Are you walking with him and going through a circumstance where if you were just to be honest, you're like, if ever I needed a shepherd, it's today. Here's the good news. He's waiting. In fact, he's pursuing you. Come to the good shepherd. Receive salvation. Receive hope. Jehovah Roi. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for allowing us the opportunity to know you in a greater sense through your word. For these names, and we've only looked at eight of them, but specifically the name we've looked at this morning, Jehovah Rohi, that you're the Lord, our shepherd. Thank you for giving us an opportunity through that name to glimpse into your heart for us. 
for the work you want to do in and through us. First of all, as the, as the good shepherd, you came for our salvation. The word's very clear. The wage of sin, what we earn is, is, is death. But the gift of God is, is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so thank you, but you didn't just tell us you loved us. You demonstrated on the cross. You demonstrated by encouraging us to walk with you, to journey with you from today all the way into paradise. And there's anyone who's yet to receive you as Lord and Savior, why not even now in the quietness of their heart where they're in the worship center on chapel, if they're watching online, just take a moment and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me, for dying for my sins, being resurrected for my salvation. Thank you for the new life I have in you. God, even making that decision, we understand we find ourselves in seasons and circumstances and so much stuff. Well, we can feel like we're in that valley of death and that, that darkness. And, and God, we wonder, where's the hope? But the hope is where it's always been. It's in you. And so God, help us learn to hear your voice. Help us spend that time with you if it allows us to hear your voice so when we're out in the world and all the clutter and all the clamoring for our attention is there, that we'll know your voice. We follow your leading. I pray, Lord God, that no one would leave this place this morning without experiencing your care, your love, your power. Because God, we've gather to put your glory on display because as we've looked at when your glory is put on display it blesses everyone who's willing to come to you and so lord as you've blessed this gathering we're going to scatter in a bit and we're going to go to the places where we live and where we work and where we go to school where we play and god i pray that the hope that we experience together here and now in your name will be taken to the streets lord god that people will know there's hope in Jesus, the good shepherd, Jehovah Rohi. Be glorified, Lord God, in us and through us. At this moment, whatever the next step we need to take, may we take it with you, the good shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen.